Longbox Crusade presents Monthly Monday Movie Muckabout because the podcasting world needs another movie review show. Hey, Rick, you up here? Delvin, how are you doing, man? Oh, fine, fine. I, I heard that you're taking over the attic and we're organizing all the movies the guys have stored up here. Yeah, it's uh, it's a bit overwhelming. Uh, there's just tons of stuff here. Jared does a lot of yard sailing, doesn't he? Yeah. By the way, where are your movies stored? Uh, my movies. Um, yeah, about that. Oh, yeah, that's right. We've talked about this before. You're not a big movie watcher, are you? No, nah, not really. No. Well, since you are here, and I've got your undivided attention for an indeterminate amount of time, and since you obviously have nothing better to do, let's watch a movie that you have never seen. I, I really don't get a say in this, do I? No, not so much, not so much. Uh, you did sign that agreement with the LBC when you joined, right? Yeah, Jared got me to sign a lot of things. There was a fiddle. You know what, let's not talk about it. All right, are you interested to see what movie I want you to watch, though? I am, please. Speaking of Jared, I think Jared helped me uh, pick this one out. So I am going to be having you watch Alien. I have not seen Alien. <laughs> Are you ready? Are you ready to watch Alien? Yeah. All right. Let's do it. <laughs> this is the 1979 movie directed by Ridley Scott that stars Tom Skerritt, Sigourney Weaver, Veronica Cartwright, Harry Dean Stanton, John Hurt, Ian Holm, and Yafet Koto. What do you know about this movie? What is your experience with the Alien movie, the first one? Well, Alien is one of those that has permeated just the normal pop culture. It was that popular and that good of a movie. I know that much about it. I laughed when the first name you read from Alien was Tom Skerritt, as opposed to Sigourney Weaver. Because, uh -huh. yeah, because I guess Tom Skerritt was a thing back in 1979 and not so much in 2020. Um, <laughs> I know that I've seen Spaceballs and I know that there was an Alien parody <laughs> that was used from that. And I've seen a parody of it as well on Bob's Burgers. They, they kind of did a parody of it on Bob's Burgers, too. Have you seen any of the Alien movies? No. Have you read any of the Alien comic books? I have not. Wow, this is going to be fun. This is <laughs> this is absolutely your first introduction besides seeing the parodies and the uses of the Alien motif throughout everything else in culture. This will be fun. This will be interesting. Why have you not seen this movie before? Why haven't you seen any Alien movies? Well, I think for the most part, like when I grew up, there were a few movies that, you know, I did get to watch. You know, we had a video store that was right down the street. But most of the time when I was going to the video store, it was to pick up a video game to play since those were rentals as well. So I just didn't really get an opportunity to get immersed in a lot of the 80s culture like that because we didn't have HBO or anything like that growing up, which is where you would have to watch stuff like this. If you didn't rent it or buy the movie when it came out three months later, I wasn't going out to a ton of movies. So it was just one of those things that just happened to pass me by. Interesting. Interesting. Has, has there been any any other reasons why you haven't seen it? I mean, I don't know your real taste in any movies that you do like, but have you are you interested in the space movies or horror movies or anything of that nature as well? Generally not interested in horror movies because I'm the type that I just I'm not afraid of them but I'll fall asleep and I'm still thinking about it. And it's like, oh, I don't really need to think about aliens jumping out of people <laughs> and stuff like that. So <laughs> I, I know that a alien more sci-fi than horror 
per se, right? A little bit of oh. column A, a little bit of column B. We'll leave that what you think about it afterwards, because that's a very interesting question of which way it leans a little bit more. I know that Alien leans a little bit more one way as opposed to Aliens, but I don't want to uh, influence you too much on okay. your prior viewing at that point. Okay. Man, that was the thing also. I just wasn't patient enough to sit and watch movies. Like, even when I met Jared in college, like, he had, he boasted at the time, like, 300 or, or so VHS tapes, movies, and... We, I'd go over, a mutual friend, Travis, him and Jared lived together. We'd go over to that trailer. And like I watched a movie if it were under two hours. If there were anything over two hours, I didn't want to sit there and watch it. I was just like, yeah, this is boring. I don't want to. So even then, I didn't really watch any Bond movies or anything. Like I, We'd watch comedies and stuff like Happy Gilmore, which I've seen way too many times. Stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, this is interesting. Yeah, Jared was right. I have not seen Alien. I think, though, that this will be a good time to sit back, grab some popcorn, and check out Alien from 1979. We'll see you on the other side of the commercial. All right. So before we get into asking Delvin what he thought about this movie, let's just go ahead and do a little recap for those of you that haven't turned this on in the past, oh, 41 years. Alien. This is the 1979 movie that launched the franchise. A commercial space tug, the Nostromo, slowly crawls through the empty darkness of space with a hibernating crew. In responses to a distress beacon, the crew is awakened and sent to investigate the signal. The seven crew members discover an abandoned ship filled with the mysterious eggs, one of which hatches, and they encounter an alien unlike anything they've ever seen. The terror of being alone in space, facing a creature they do not understand, and the slow slaughter of each member of the team makes this an epic horror film. Delvin, what was your first impression of this film? Man, first impression... I was impressed at the scale of it. They, who knows, Ridley Scott and company, maybe they were sort of aware of the thing that they were about to launch because there was a slow buildup. Like you're, you're going to see this massive ship in the Stromo. You're going to see that they've been in these pods, that they're on some sort of mission. You know, they were sent out by the man, you know, and but the scale of it was magnificent and that alone meant that there was going to be a build-up like the action overall was surprisingly brief 
towards the end. They had, they put it the action towards the end, but that buildup for it was very interesting, and the scope of it and the magnitude of what they were accomplishing, especially. 41 years ago. So yeah, 79 is a 79 film. Man, I was impressed by it. Great. Did it meet your expectations of what you've heard about this film? Because I mean, this being a, an old classic film and, and you're coming across certain elements of it, you know, throughout media or throughout yeah. pop culture, did it meet the expectation of what you thought it would be? I didn't have any expectations coming in, which is good because how I am, is if I have come in with high expectations and it doesn't meet those, then I'll probably be more disappointed. If I had mm. low expectations and then they exceeded them, then I'd probably be like, oh my goodness. I, but in this case, I really had none. I was like, let's just see what this is and go, go forth from there. And so with those neutral expectations, it exceeded that by a lot. It was, it was a really good movie. You know, there's always a point, especially now, like we, we are all distracted or I'm definitely distracted with the cell phone and you can pick up the cell phone. It's like, I know I'm watching this movie, but I can look at this tweet a little. At, at a certain point, the phone what, like went down and stayed down. And that is always a good sign, particularly given the last movie that I saw before this was OK Connery. <laughs> <laughs> And the phone instantly went up and stayed glued to my hand. So that's hilarious. But I need to know what was the point where you 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 put the phone down? What, do you remember what point it was that you put that point that phone down? Oh come on, that should be pretty easy. Like the build up part of it is interesting as it was. Like it, you needed it; it was needed. Yeah. But like I, I could kind of look at the phone, look back, and I'm still getting the gist of it. And, you know, they're setting up the crew. But right around the time when the alien jumped on the guy's face, that's about time to start paying attention. That, that's a point in time in the movie when you're like, no, no, buddy, buddy, do not put your face, do, do, do not look at that egg. Do not look at that egg. No, no. <laughs> the, the, the whole thing at that point, it was already getting to the no, 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 no. No, what are you this doing? Is, this is a bad idea. It is a really bad idea. Yes. Like, uh, yes. You mentioned during the first half of our recording that Tom Skerritt was the headliner of this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, back in 1979, he was probably the biggest star in the movie at that time. Really, you look at the movie and look how it was set up. And looking with older eyes, you're like, oh, look, Sigourney Weaver. Mm -hmm. But she's kind of the dark horse in the film. She, in a modern day horror film, she would have died first. Yeah. Because she made the most sense. Yep. Th there was a point where they're like, <laughs> ah, this dude has an alien attached to his face. Let us in. And that was scary, by the way, yeah. idiot. Yep. Like, I'm, the, I'm the leader. You let us in. And she's like, no, protocol says that mm -hmm. anything that happens, like we have to keep you isolated and quarantined for 24 hours. And he said, my freedoms, uh, excuse me. He said, <laughs> well, no, we have to let him in and we've got to take care of him and like open this hatch, let us in. And, mm -hmm. and, and I love it. Pregnant pause, no. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, no. She continually has the good ideas and she's the one thinking logically and she's the one stake, taking the breath and saying, wait, this is how we're going to deal with it all the way through to the end where she's she's sitting there in the spacesuit and she sees the alien across from her and she I'm not going to react. I'm going to think how I'm going to solve this problem. But she is very 
clinical in her thinking. And that's something that that's amazing with that character throughout the series too. Nice. Yeah. That was to use the old term uh, that Jared and I had in the nineties. Like she was a woman with an agenda. Yes. She absolutely was well-defined. She was intelligent. She was not a damsel in any way whatsoever. And in 1979, it had to be a very refreshing thing. Oh, Because Jared and I came up with that term late 90s, 97, 98 time frame. Like, so where they're still using the trope of the women just being the damsel in distress. No, like, let's have women being equals and actually going in there, advancing the plot and advancing their own story arc as well. You know, this is a futuristic society, so they were positing even then that, hey, women are in levels of command, and women are part of this crew, and there's no, you know, real segregation on there. They were all treated as equals as well, you know, sort within of. the structure. Well, I mean, within the structure of, you know, there is a command structure that exists there, but still, they they are treated as much of an equals as possible. Again, sort of. There's and sort the, reason why, the reason why I'm saying sort of is if they were truly equals and Scarrett listened, if yes. he listened to Sigourney Weaver instead of brusquely dismissing her, he did it a couple of times. All the uh, other woman on the crew as well, like she was brusquely dismissed a couple of times, and yet the completely inept doctor at, yeah. at any point after you know, the alien escape, you know, I, they could have just like, you know what, before we go after the alien, we're going to get rid of the, like the danger element. They should have jettisoned him off into space <laughs> and, and they would have been much better without him. But instead what Scarrett said, and he said it, and I just, I, just from a leadership perspective, like I just, like, he was like, Oh yeah. Well, he signed off science officer. I just leave the ship. What can you do? What? <laughs> You can lead the ship. You can lead the ship. Are you kidding me? He is a horrible, horrible leader. And, I, yes, and I, that's part of why everything fails. Science officer, let's talk about Ash. Did you know before the movie started, going into the movie, that Ash would have been, was going to be a robot? No, I did not. That is excellent. How surprised were you when that, that came about? I knew he had to be something because in a general horror movie, I'm reminded of like, and apologies, sort of not apologies. In jujitsu, like my main instructor, he's always like, you know, a lot of things is you discuss are scenarios. Like if you're caught in this was this position or that position, and usually it's a bad position. He's like, well, you got to realize by the time you've gotten to that point, a lot of things have gone wrong. Much like that in a horror movie, usually to set up the premise of what's going to go on in a horror movie, there had to be multiple things that went wrong. Yeah. And in this case, Ash enabled all of it yep to the point where i'm like dude you either have to my first thought was this is an alien somehow he's an alien because he has enabled this entire thing the whole way to where even where the guy pops out of the dude's butt which was just horrible like it popped out the dude's stomach and Yafit Koto very uh -huh. smartly was like, I'm about to kill this mofo. And he's like, no, don't kill it. What? Yes, do kill yes. it. I absolutely kill it. No, it. So, yeah, I didn't know Ash was a robot. That was a very good twist. And I'm wondering 
if they explore that in future films because like again it seems you would think really scott maybe he saw the future is like this is gonna be it this is my star wars because they planted seeds where all of those seeds did not bear fruit in the first movie and that was one of them that there was a robot sent and they didn't even know that it was a robot and that purpose was to get an alien back to planet Earth. Like, wow, okay. At the expense of all human life, they wanted that, that alien to come back. Yep. Wow. I want to have a conversation with you after you see Aliens now, man. I really want you to watch Aliens. But this is great. This is great. I mean, having such a fresh take on the series and, and having somebody who hasn't seen it and is going into it very much blind so that you didn't know that you, you, it's kind of hard to miss out. You were just waiting for that thing to just to burst out of its chest. Cause I didn't you, know that was going to happen. Yeah, I did, you yeah. can't, I, there's no way you can really be blind to that thing, but it, how did you find the, the jump scares or the, the puppet, uh, work that was done that there was very minimalistic special effects. It was mostly puppet work. How did you find that? Well, I'll tell you, I'll give you the best compliment that I can. Miranda, my wife watched the movie with me and it was one of the later deaths where it happened in that close quarters where the alien popped out like, hello. Yep. Yeah. And she jumped like she, she physically jumped at that. And like, I didn't, but it definitely startled me to where I'm like, oh. And so the scale of it was very good. There were some parts where it looked like late 70s technology, but there was a lot of it overall where, again, the scale of it, I'm like, man, this is very good. And I got the distinct impression very quickly, like, you know, minutes in that, okay, this is a futuristic setting. And that was very good. It was very well done. That's great. That's great. I, I'm loving this. Is there any part of the movie that you you didn't like or that, that you felt wasn't just, just kind of hit you on the low end of the spectrum? And what's your low point? Probably the lowest point was that was a smart alien to know that he needed to get into the escape hatch and go away. But that, that was one where I'm like, okay, how did the alien know how to do that? That seemed slightly contrived. Mm -hmm. um, let's see, was there anything else? It's, it's interesting about that, though, because I think one of the the hallmarks of the series and the alien, the, the xenomorph as they're called, there's a level of intelligence that's innate with it. Mm -hmm. And and they really they really capitalize that. Even though the thing is days, hours old, it does display this really creepy intelligence. It's that that really smart part of the shark's brain where you're like, you know, you're looking into the eyes of a shark going, oh, this thing is calculating. It's yeah. the same thing for what they don't did with the xenomorph. It's like, it's not just some creature. It is a killing machine. It breeds and it kills and it repeats. Mm -hmm. And that's what it does. So, yeah, it, I, I can go with you on that. He's, there's a couple points where it's like, oh, really? But but then you think, well, this thing's really smart, and it's a survivor. And, I mean, everything about its its life cycle is about surviving until the next thing comes. Yeah. But, yeah, it is it is fascinating. But, yeah, what else did you find as interesting? There's one other thing that I would classify as bad, and that is, okay, yep, um, guy comes in, alien is attached to its face, and – then, you know, they, they slice 
like one of the legs and the acid comes out that eats all the way through like the ship and everything. And so they found that and it's like, okay. And I know that I guess the science officer is supposed to be the one that does this, but I'm not a science officer. I'm just a dude watching it. And I'm like, all right, let's connect the pieces so far. You had a dude, he fell into a pit that had eggs. He opened one of the eggs. This thing latches to its face. It then has a self-mechanism to keep itself attached to its face. And it just came from eggs. Maybe it's using the body to hatch an egg? Did you scan the guy at any point? And so if I if I put the bad, the bad would be they left an alien attached to his face. I'm like, huh, all right, let's call it a night. What? No, 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 no. Isolation. 24-hour watch. 24-hour watch. Isolation. <laughs> and then he, he wakes up. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm super famished. <laughs> And, and, and oh, by the way, the alien's gone. Let's not scan him. Let's not do anything. Let's get this hungry boy some food. Well, you know, poor guy. He's missed out on a couple meals. Yeah, he's a little hungry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and geez, how cruel was that, though? Well, I mean, what a tragic arc. When did the exploring went a little bit too far with the exploring and got exploded from the inside? Oh, uh, oh. Uh, and the worst death, the worst death. I forgot. We we should go back and talk about another member of the cast, at least. And that would be Yafet Kodo, which sure. I know one of your, uh, you, know, you really want to see this because of him and the James Bond connection. So what did you think of him and his character? And and we could also talk about uh, his uh, buddy, uh, Harry Dean Stanton as Brett. <laughs> let's talk, um, let's talk Yafet Kodo. He was very good. I enjoyed him a lot through the movie at first, you know, the whole, yeah, I need to get paid my money. I was getting a little bit old, but he acquitted himself very nicely, was absolutely brave. He had very good instincts too. Had he just ignored the science officer and just killed the alien from the start, they they would have been fine. Mm -hmm. And I actually, I felt bad. I felt bad for him. And I actually felt bad for uh, the uh, other woman whose name I can't remember. Uh, yeah, that's Veronica Cartwright as Lambert. Lambert froze. Yeah. I can't blame her. I, I wouldn't know what to do if I am staring this close to some horrible acid-breathing creature that I have literally never conceived. Like, and- Yafikota, like, move out of the way. I, didn't, I was like, I, I told Miranda, I was like, I don't blame her. Yeah, I don't blame her one bit. And it did co- co- cost him his life. Uh, but like that was a pretty good arc to go out on. Like he was going to do what was necessary to try and can kill this dangerous alien. But it just he just kind of failed at the end. But he, he did everything he could. You're right, though. Uh, the two engineers, th- their entire thing is about when are we going to get paid? When's our money? We, you know, we've got the half shares. It made me think of uh, Dangerous Catch, the guys on the crab ship. They're, you know, the new deckhands come on. I'm only a half share. I want to be a full share. Well, You've got to work for it. You've got to spend the time on the thing. And that's what they keep telling him. And you expect, you know, his greed and, no, no, yeah, I'm not going to work. No, as soon as the alien comes on, it's, it's about survival. He's 
he wants to survive and he is going to survive by hook or by crook and he is going to do whatever can be done to 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 make it out of there or try to yeah you know what's worse than a half share right being no dead. share <laughs> <laughs> that's the end of the story when you're dead <laughs> no it's uh, for glorified truckers in space i mean none of these people are really supposed to be soldiers mm-hmm. and they have no weapons on the ship they they are truckers in space that's what they are and that is part of the horror of the entire thing, too. They are going up against something inconceivable, and they have makeshift fl- flamethrowers. I mean, yeah. come on. I, I played the... Um, there's an Alien game that came out on PlayStation 3, which actually takes place after Aliens. Okay. And the entire thing is you're sent out to go to a space station that has... you know They, they find out later that it's been infected by the aliens. I had to stop playing the game because I was tired of being afraid. Because you are pretty much like these people. You're on the station with no real weapons. And it's all first-person shooter. And there's one point I, you run to this. You're talking to somebody. And an alien tentacle comes down and grabs this guy up. And you go running to an elevator. You press a button. And you see the elevator slowly coming towards you. And you're turning around and looking <laughs> You're looking at this fogged in area and you're turning around and seeing this elevator slowly coming towards you. And you're just like, I'm afraid for my life right now. I'm I'm just like, my heart is pounding. And I'm like, I am playing a stupid video game, but I am afraid for my life. Yeah. There were several, several of those deaths were just like, oh man, I just like, um, was the other engineer. He died trying to get the cat, right? Yeah. Man, F that cat. (laughs) Like the cat, the cat, the cat knew how to survive. The cat hid. The cat saw it like, I got my crawl space. I'm good. That that thing ain't gonna reach me here. And they're like, No, we gotta go save the cat. F. No, forget the cat. cat. Forget the cat. I think I have yeah. that in my notes. Just forget the cat. Forget the cat. I have that throughout <laughs> my notes. Forget the cat. Move forget on. Him. Yes. And I would like to give special bravo to your wife for watching the movie because my wife said, Nope. <laughs> I do not need to see that movie. I I think she has seen it before. She's seen a few of them, but she's like, no, I have no interest in rewatching that movie. Yeah, she's seen, she she at least saw parts of it before, but she like, I hadn't seen the whole movie, of course. But yeah, she stayed and watched the whole thing. And like, I was dragging my feet and she's like, yeah, let's come on. You want to watch it? I'm like, yeah, all right, let's do it. Miranda for the win once again. She's got my respect. Uh, Is there anything else that you wanted to mention before we wrap this up? I think we've gotten most of it. It was... I love the buildup. I love like the action. The thrill part was definitely there. I could see how it falls into the genre of a horror movie because yeah. it had some of the tropes. But overall, I just saw it as a the action thriller sci-fi movie uh, yeah. that was highly entertaining and absolutely loved Sigourney Weaver. So I can see how she was able to launch a career off of this movie because man, I just I loved her resourcefulness. I loved her common sense. Uh, as well and so she was a very likable character from the start and you just felt bad there oh yeah the other thing it was scared's character died they did the tracker thing with the (laughs) (laughs) that was to me probably the the scariest thing because you've got the engineers they're like oh my god it's coming right toward you it's like what direction (laughs) you're just telling me it's coming toward is it left is it right i don't even know Everything they did, everything they did was to build up what is the worst possible scenario we can build and put these people in. Oh, it's in the air ducts. 
oh, can I please go in the dark air ducts? We don't really have a good way of tracking. We just have this, you know, faulty little thing you got to shake, and it's going to beep a lot at you. And yeah. a flamethrower. Yeah. Let's go! <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, that, that one, that was the scariest death mm. for me. Just because you know, you know the thing's coming. You know it. It's right on you, and you still can't see it. Yeah. Oh, horrifying. Well, with that... Let's ask the question that everybody wants to know. How many full bags of popcorn would you give this film? One to five. This is the Longbox Crusade. You know the drill. No halfsies. Joe November 8 here. I wish you were. <laughs> <laughs> I, I desperately wish that he were. Because were he, this would be a four or five. Mm -hmm. It gets a four. And it's like, I mean, it's four and it's batting its eyes at a five. Because... Right. The table is set. If next weekend or whenever Miranda's like, well, like, I, I never watched Aliens or don't want to remember, do you want to watch it? The answer is yes, because I want to see if some of those questions that were left unanswered in Alien was answered. And dear God, if I'm Sigourney Weaver, it's like, man, if this were realistic, she would have PTSD out the wazoo. My goodness. Like, I, she should be terrified the rest of her life anything like resembling a xenomorph. Okay, yeah. folks, folks, I need to remind you, he has not seen any of the other alien films, so no. keep that in mind with what he just said. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen any of it. None of them. Uh, uh, I, 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 if, if you sit down, I would love to do a second half. If you decide that you want to sit down, I would love to do a second half of this and have you see aliens, because I think that would be an absolute treat. For now, thank you for the... I, I think I would agree on the four. I think that this is very close to that perfection of a five. It is It is that really high, strong four. It yeah. holds up really well over time, which is great. Sure but it, it's, it's a, it is a good movie, and I was, I was enjoying watching it again myself. Before we get out of here, though, can you tell people where... I mean, where can they find you on the internet? I mean, it's going to be really hard for them to find you if they found this show, but where could they find you, sir? Uh, I am on the Longbox Crusade Network. We have more shows now. I used to be on the majority of them. Now I'm on about half. Uh, you can find me on the regular Longbox Crusade show. You can find me on Crusaders Chronicles. You can find me on Saturday Matinee Theater, and I host Transformers Chronicles, where we cover the Marvel comic series, Transformers, and we're about a quarter of the way done right now. So you got about 17 or so uh, issues or episodes to look forward to if you uh, check that out. Excellent. And and not to mention, he's also on half of the On Her Majesty's Secret, well, maybe a quarter of the On Her Majesty's Secret podcast shows, too. That's right. Me. Let me pimp out a Van Allen Plexico's network, too, White Rocket Entertainment. We, most of the guys from the Long Boss Crusade, we also do a show there called MI6 Rogue Agents, where we discuss everything from the James Bond universe at this point. We have episodes as well called MI6 Rookie Agents where we have covered every single one of the Eon James Bond films, but we have progressed to other things at this point. Yes, you have. And those are fantastic shows to watch, especially if you watch them in concert with the movies, because let me tell you, that's a great way to go through the movies. Yeah, as for myself, you can find me on Twitter at Jeff Rick Presents or on my other podcast, Unpacking the Power of Power Pack, which I host with my face hugger, Jeff. And on that show, 
<laughs> and on that show, we talk about the most underrated comic book of the 80s, not Transformers, but Power Pack. <laughs> you got a show. I can't blame you for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Big thank you to Longbox Crusade Network for letting me use the attic of their headquarters to broadcast the show and to their supporter, Omaha Bound. Also, to the Longbox Crusade members who help to support this network, if you want to support the network, head on over to Patreon, and just for one buck, you can join. And that's on the Patreon network. Look for Longbox Crusade. Anybody can join, except Jason. Except Jason. Except Jason. No, never, never, never. But until then, or until Jason tries to sneak in and give them a dollar to join the club... Why don't you go ahead, get some more popcorn, pull up another seat, and we'll watch another episode in a few weeks. Take care, everybody. Our theme music is The Entertainer by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution for a license. 